We're just sinking deep in God's love today. You know, it's amazing to be able to come to church no matter what kind of week you've had. And some of you had some crazy things happen to you this week. Some of you came in here pretty stressed out, carrying some heavy burdens, and you can just unload them on Christ, and you can sink deep in his love for the next few minutes, and he's gonna speak to your heart through his word in a way that's going to be right into your heart, exactly what you need. It's pretty amazing to me. You know, I have people tell me all the time, Pastor Kerry, how did you know exactly what I needed today? I came in here worn out, stressed out. I came in here with this huge problem, and you knew exactly what I needed. I say, I have no clue about you. Other than I know one thing, you have a hurt, you have a burden you're carrying, because we all do. But God knows everything about you. And his word is life-changing. And it's not me, it's his word that goes right into your heart, right where you're at, and can heal you at the deepest places in your heart. He wants us just to stop for a few moments and don't worry about getting ready for your Super Bowl party. Don't worry about all the stresses or how much you bet on the team you think is going to win because you shouldn't have done that. And let's forget about everything and just sink deep in his love. And let's just pray to him and thank him for what he's going to do today. Dear God, I just thank you for all that you're doing at Woodland Church out of your grace. Lord, 1,100 students who are worshiping you and growing in you, studying your word, learning how to stay strong against this flow of society that tends to always go the wrong way. And I, I know, Lord, you're raising them up here at Willand Church to change the world, and we thank you for that. And I thank you for everyone in our church who's committed to that to raise up this next generation to change the world. And Lord, I know you wanna do something in our hearts right now because you know where everyone is at and what they're going through, whether they're worshiping with us online, through our broadcast ministry, or here at the Woodlands campus or at Tascacita campus. Lord, you know exactly what we need today. And I know that your word changes us and changes everything. So speak to us. Help us put it into our lives and change us forever. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. We just started this new series, Five Things I Want My Kids to Remember Forever. But really, it's five things that we all need to remember forever because these five things are five of the most important things Chris and I have learned over the years that have made the biggest difference in our lives. But I have to say, we forget them all the time. We've learned them, we're still learning them. We've learned them the hard way. We've learned them through God's word. We've seen God use them in our lives, and yet we forget them all the time. So we have to come back to them and remember these five important and powerful things. And so today, we're gonna talk about one of those things that I want my kids to remember forever, I want my grandkids to remember forever. I want you, Willen Church, to remember forever. I want you students to remember forever. And I want to remember again. It's when you lose your way, look up to God. So simple, so powerful, and yet we forget it all the time. So let's look at Psalm 121, and would you stand in honor of God's word? I love this psalm. 
I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Isn't that an encouraging passage? You needed some encouragement today, didn't you? Well, you just got it from God's word. You can be seated. Psalm 121 is called the Song of Ascent. And there are 15 songs of ascent in the Psalms, starting with Psalm 120, and it goes through Psalm 134. And so most of these Psalms are really songs. A lot of them David wrote and David sang. You see, Jerusalem, the holy city, is perched high on the Judean hills. It's right there at the highest point, Mount Zion, is where the temple stood tall. And three times a year, pilgrims from all over Israel would travel to Jerusalem for the main Jewish festivals to worship God in the temple. And as the people would climb the road into the city to go up to Mount Zion and then walk up these huge stone steps leading up to the temple, they would sing these songs of ascent as they would ascend. Now, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't really understand this song of ascent in Psalm 121. And let's look at it, the first couple of verses. In verses one and two. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So the temple was the place where God's presence dwelled. So when the pilgrims coming to Jerusalem sang these first two lines, they were saying, we're lifting our eyes to see the mountain of God because we're looking up for God's help. We've come to worship him and to look to him to meet our needs because he's the one that can help us. Because the temple was located at the highest point, travelers could look up and see the temple from a long way off. And if they ever weren't sure they were going in the right direction, all they had to do was look up at the mountain of God and see the temple of God's presence. And there will be times in this life where you'll find yourself confused and uncertain about the future or unsure about the direction of your life. Lift up your eyes to the unmovable mountain of God and he will fill you with peace and direct your steps. You look up to God and he will guide you. There are times in all of our lives where we lose our way. We wander in the wrong direction. We wander away from God or we're just confused and don't know what God wants us to do. Just remember, when you lose your way, look up to God, and he will make a way for you. Now, David, who wrote this psalm, was saying, when I look around me and see all the chaos and confusion in the world, and I get so stressed and overwhelmed, I look up to the mountain of God and see that God, the maker of heaven and earth, is still seated securely on his heavenly throne. God is still in control. Things may look like they're out of control in our world, but God is still in control. You look up to God and you'll see that he's seated on his heavenly throne. We lose our way though when we look at the wrong things. We take our eyes off God. When I constantly look at my news feed and all the bad news in the world and I see all this uncertainty and chaos, when I fixate on the problems in my life that I can't fix, 
when I focus on the future that I can't change, when I focus on the past that I can't do anything about, when I focus on the wrong things and take my eyes off God, I always lose my way in life. I lose my joy, I lose my peace, I lose my sense of direction. But when I look up at our unshakable, unchangeable God, I see that God is still seated on his throne. He is still in control. If you look at the world, you'll be a mess. If you look at your problems, you'll be depressed. If you look at the future, you'll be distressed. But if you look to God, you'll be at rest. He wants to give you his peace. And David here says it's all about the direction you're looking in. That's the key. The direction you look determines the direction your life takes. Did you get that? The direction you look determines the direction your life will take. That's why it's so important. And some of you have been looking down because you got let down. So you're walking around down and dejected with your head down. And when you're looking down, you're going to lose perspective. You're going to get stuck in discouragement. And some of you have been looking around and you see that you're surrounded by stresses and your mind has started spinning and you're consumed with worry. You get stuck in worry because worry is worthless. It can't change anything. All it does is wear you out. And I say that from experience. It'll wear you out and won't get you anywhere. And some of you have been looking ahead and you find yourself staring at this seemingly insurmountable wall that's right in front of your face and you can't see around it, you can't see a way over it, and you certainly can't see a way through it and you're just stuck, feeling completely overwhelmed. I want you to know God has a word for you today. He says, stop looking down, stop looking around, stop looking ahead, look up, look up, Lift up your eyes to the maker of heaven and earth and he will make a way for you. Look up. Get your eyes off the mess and look up at the mountains and remember who made them. It's just human nature to make God too small and our problems too big. We make God too small and other people too big that we think are important. It's just human nature. When we focus on our problems, we quickly forget how big and great our God is. That's why we have to look up to the maker of heaven and earth, and when we look at what he's made, it reminds us of how powerful our maker is. There's just something about being in the mountains that makes you feel close to God. Now, I love being in the mountains. It just something makes you feel like you're closer to God and his presence. I have the same feeling when I'm looking out over the ocean except in Galveston when I'm getting tar blobs on my feet and have to look down. But, but usually, you know, in front of the ocean, it's just, wow. You know, I'm always amazed. There's something about the enormity of the mountains and the vastness of the ocean that reminds me of how big God is and how small my problems are compared to him. I get perspective. When our kids were little, we went on a beach vacation and I remember the first day I was kind of stressed out and you know, you need a couple of days usually to detox and it's the first day of the vacation. I was thinking of all the things that I didn't get done, all the things I needed to do, all the stresses and problems at work and 
My daughter Megan was about six years old and she looked out over the ocean and she said, Daddy, did you know the ocean is like a puddle to God? And I thought, how wise, how wise. I needed that. Thanks for preaching to me, Megan. I pre- she still tries to preach to me and set me straight. But I just, yeah, so true. When you look up to God, everything comes into focus. You get perspective. You see the maker of heaven and earth can make a way for you. Now remember, the direction you look determines the direction of your life. And the Bible gives us a lot of examples of this. When Moses and the Israelites came to the promised land, Moses sent 12 spies to spy out the land and bring back a report. And they came back and they all said, it's an amazing land, it's beautiful. It's fruitful, it's a land of milk and honey. But 10 of the spies said, but there's no way we can take it. Only Joshua and Caleb said, we can do it with God's power. Now, look at why they saw things so differently. And it's pretty amazing that 10 saw it one way, but only two saw it God's way. In Numbers 13, it says, Caleb calmed down the crowd and said, let's go and take the land. I know we can do it. But the other men replied, these people are much too strong for us and the people are like giants. They were so big that we felt as small as grasshoppers. 10 of the spies looked at the enemy they would be facing and they said, these guys are giants. We felt like grasshoppers compared to them. You see, those 10 looked at life from a ground level perspective and looking at the situation from the ground level I mean, it looked like giants standing before them, and they felt like grasshoppers. And they said, there's no way that we can defeat these guys. But Joshua and Caleb looked at life from a God-level perspective. They looked up at their giant God, and they said, there's no way we can lose. There's no way we can lose because we have the God, the maker of heaven and earth, and he will make a way. But they were outvoted 10 to 2 because the people sided with the 10, And God made the Israelites wander in the desert for 40 years because they didn't look up to God. God directed them back into the desert. And 40 years later, only Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land from that whole generation. The rest of them just died out in the desert. Now get this. They were on the doorstep of their destiny, but they looked in the wrong direction. And it determined the direction of their lives. They had a ground level perspective and they felt like grasshoppers compared to those giants. But the prophet Isaiah gives us a true perspective when we look up to God. In Isaiah 40, 22, he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. Isaiah saw a real perspective. He got a real vision from God and from God's perspective, even giants on this earth are like little grasshoppers compared to his greatness and power. The 10 looked at the giants and they looked at themselves, but they didn't look up to God. 
But Joshua and Caleb looked up to God and said, those giants, yeah, they look big for us, but they're just grasshoppers compared to our God. And when you look at life from a ground level, you have a ground level perspective, your problems look like giants. You can't see anything else but giant problems and you feel like a powerless grasshopper compared to them. But when you feel that way, and I do many times, I look up to God. I get a God-level perspective. And you go from saying no way to God's gonna make a way. The maker of heaven and earth will make a way for me. So I wanna get real practical now because what does it really mean to look up to God? I'm saying look up to God, look up to God. What does it really mean to lift my eyes up to the mountains and seek help from God? Well, first, I look up and pray for God to make a way. I look up and pray for God to make a way. Many times in scripture, people physically looked up and prayed to symbolize that they were spiritually looking up and depending on God to meet their need. Even Jesus did this. Look at it with me in John 17, one. After Jesus had finished speaking, he looked up toward heaven and prayed. Jesus looked up to his Father in heaven to show everyone that he was looking to his Father for direction. So in Psalm 121, when David says, I lift up my eyes, he's saying, when I need help, I pray to the God who can make a way for me. This is so simple and yet so powerful and important. We need to look to the maker of heaven and earth by praying for God to make a way where there seems to be no way. But we as believers, we neglect prayer so often. You know, that's one of the things that we don't do like we should. And we have the God, the maker of heaven and earth, who wants to make a way for us. He's just waiting to make a way, but we don't pray. So many Christians are what I call practical atheists. They believe in God, but they live their life as if God doesn't even exist. They might as well be an atheist because they're always trying to make everything turn out right. They're always trying to do God's job. They're trying to hold up the universe. They're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders when they could look up to their God and pray and unload their burden. And God is just waiting to make a way. And God says, stop living like I don't exist and look to me first and pray and ask me to make a way. Do you struggle praying? Yeah, I do. You know, it's a lot easier for me to do things for God than to pray to God. But God wants me to pray, to spend time with him. And when I get so busy doing things rather than stopping to pray about those things that I'm getting ready to do, it just shows that I don't really think that God is the one who can make the way. I start living like a practical atheist because I start thinking, I've gotta make a way. And all I have to do is stop and pray. The other reason why it's hard to pray is because the enemy will do just about anything to distract you because he knows that's where the power is. The power is with God and God says, hey, believer, I'm allowing you to come together with me to make a difference. I'm allowing you to come together with me. I don't know how it works exactly, that God allows me to come together with him and it's all his power. He's the one that makes a way, but I get to pray. 
And then God makes a way. It doesn't make sense to me, but God allows that and wants that. And that's the way he works. And I think the main reason probably is because he just wants a relationship with us and he loves us so much. And he knows that's what fulfills us the most. It's not about the answers to prayer. It's about just being with him and seeing that we can trust him, growing in our love for him, seeing how much he loves us. But I have to say that so many times we go through life with our head down and our problems overwhelm us. And God says, hey, just lift up your eyes and look to me. The maker of the mountains is right there to move your mountain. The maker of the mountains wants to move your mountain. The maker of heaven and earth wants to move heaven and earth to make a way for you. He's just waiting to work in your life. He's just waiting for you to pray so he can make a way. So are you praying to him? Are you asking God to make a way where there seems to be no way? David said, I I lift up my eyes. Where does my help come from? It comes from you, Lord. So what help do you need today? And you're trying to make a way when you have the maker of heaven and earth who wants to make a way for you. Are you praying for God to make a way? I want us all to do something this week. I'm calling a prayer challenge. Every morning, the first thing you do right after you wake up, is pray for five minutes. Maybe get a notebook and write down what you're praying about. Pick one or two things that you really need, that you need God to make a way for you in. And don't be afraid to pray for things that you think God thinks are small because he loves you and he cares about everything in your life. And so pray five minutes in the morning before you go off in your day. Some of you are great prayer warriors. You're praying for an hour every morning. You're praying for an hour and a half, two hours. But not all of us have that gift, but every one of us can pray because it's the only way to really receive all that God wants. And so, and then at night, before you go to bed, pray for five more minutes. Every morning, every night, just five minutes. Maybe write down what those prayer requests are and you keep praying and I'm telling you, you're gonna see God work in your life in a way that maybe you've never seen before. Just a real simple thing that we can all do together. In Isaiah 44, 24, it says, this is what the Lord says, your redeemer who formed you in the womb. I am the Lord, the maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spreads out the earth by myself. God says here, I formed you in the womb. God says, remember that I made you. The maker of heaven and earth made you. So there's no such thing as a self-made man or woman. God made us all. And sometimes people walk around acting real big and saying, I made it myself. I made it on my own. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I made it in life as a success. No, there's no such thing as a self-made man or woman. We're all God-made and we depend on God for everything, even our next breath. God's the one who gave you the ability to work. He gave you the opportunities you have. He determines the time and the number of years and days that you'll live. He gives you your very next heartbeat. We depend on God for everything. We just forget about it so often. But when we look at how big and awesome God's creation is, then we feel small and our problems get really small. My oldest granddaughter, Joanna, is six and She's always looked up to her older brother, Ben, who's eight. And I remember when Joanna was two, whenever Ben would do anything that we would notice and point out, Joanna would always say, and me, and me, don't forget about me. She didn't want to be left out. I'd say, hey, Ben, I like your new shoes. And Joanna would say, and me, 
whether she had new shoes on or not, you know? It'd be, hey, Ben, that fort that you built is really awesome. And Joanna would say, and me, even though she hadn't built anything. And it's be like, wow, Joanna, that's amazing. That's a stealth fort you built because it's invisible. I'm trying to think of something, you know? And around that time, her mom, our daughter-in-law, Sarah, asked her, Joanna, who made the sun to see if she was learning anything in Woodland Church Sunday School? And she said, God and me. <laughs> Talk about heresy. I hope she didn't learn that here. And then Sarah just laughed and said, oh, really? God and you. And she said, well, who made the stars? God and me. Who made the earth? God and me. Now, that's really cute for a two-year-old to say. The problem is that's the way many 20-year-olds and 40-year-olds and 60-year-olds live. God needs me. I've got to keep it all together. I've got to get everything under control. I've got to make my own way because God can't do it. We so easily forget how big and powerful God is. But when you remember that you're just one of 8 billion people on this little blue ball in our enormous solar system, tucked away as a little dot in our galaxy called the Milky Way, and there are at least 100 billion other galaxies just like our Milky Way, all throughout this infinite universe that God created, you get a little perspective. And then people have the audacity to walk around acting like they're a big deal. I'm important. I'm an influencer. I'm wealthy. I'm famous. I'm a big deal. What? I mean, that's ridiculous. But here's the amazing thing. God is bigger and greater than we can fathom, and yet he cares about every detail of our lives. And he wants us to pray to him and ask him to meet our needs. Psalm 121 tells us to pray for direction in our lives when we don't know which way to go. Direction before every decision. And Psalm 121 tells us to pray for protection that God protects us and we're to pray for protection. We're to pray for deliverance when we're at a dead end, to pray for God to make a way. And so to look up means that we pray for God to make a way. And secondly, it means look up and wait for God to make a way. We've gotta look up and wait for God to make a way. In the Old Testament, there was a time when three enemy armies came against the Israelites they surrounded them, and King Jehoshaphat, who was a godly king, was overwhelmed with fear. And there'll be times when you'll be surrounded by problems, you'll be overwhelmed with fear. You can't help that feeling. But the king chose to look up to God. And he looked up and he prayed to God. In 2 Chronicles 20, 12, he prays, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do but our eyes are on you. The king says, hey, we're overwhelmed. We don't know what to do, God. We're filled with fear, but we're gonna take that fear and take it to you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We're looking up to you, and we'll wait on you to show us what to do, and we'll wait on you to make a way for us. Now, usually when we're waiting on God, we start trying to make a way our own way. It's like, God, you're not coming through, so I gotta do something. And we start looking to other things to meet our needs. And God is the maker of heaven and earth. He's the maker of all things. The problem is, instead of trusting in the maker of all things, we start trusting in the things that he's made. Some people worship creation. They worship nature. 
They worship creation rather than the creator. And God says, I'm glad you're impressed with what I've made, but I want you to know me. If you like what I've made, you'll like me if you get to know me. Some people stop right there, though, at creation, and they worship nature. And they'll say, well, you know what? I don't go to any church. Nature is my church. You know, when I'm out in nature, I'm with God because God is nature and nature is God. Hey, we need to take care of nature. God says we're to be good stewards of the earth and take care of our planet, but we don't worship it. It's the creation. We worship the creator. And then some people take what God has made and turn it into an idol. An idol is anything you put first place in your life rather than God. And so many times we put other things ahead of God in our lives. It becomes an idol. In biblical times, they took things that God made, like wood, stone, bronze, and gold, and then they would fashion it and create it into a God with a little G that they would worship. I mean, they would cut down a tree and take part of the tree and use it for firewood. The other part of the tree, they would carve into a God and worship it. Now, how ridiculous is that? But that's exactly what we do today. We take things that God has made and we turn them into idols. A company can take material that God has made and turn it into a sports car, and someone can take that sports car and make it an idol, put it ahead of God. There's nothing wrong with sports cars. It's just anything ahead of God will lay you down. Anything in place of God will harm your life and start controlling you. Some people take the opportunities and abilities that God has given them, and they use it to make money, and that money becomes their idol. There's nothing wrong with money and being successful. But if I put it ahead of God, it becomes an idol. If it's more important to you than God, you don't control it, it controls you because idols start controlling us. And some people will take another human being that God has made and put them in place of God. And it's a very dangerous thing to do, to take anyone or anything that God has made and make them into an idol. Look what God says about it in Psalm 146. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. Don't put all your trust in any human being because you'll be let down. We look to people that we think are influential or important. Oh, we need them. No, we need God. Now, God uses people. We're to turn to others and admit we need their prayers and encouragement. You can't do the Christian life on your own. You've got to have others. The Christian life has always lived in community. We need each other. God uses people many times to make a way, but when we turn to him, He uses people, and that's great, but it's God. We're to put God first. We're to put all our hope in him because he's always faithful, the scripture says. And he's the maker who made every one of us. So we keep looking to God. We keep waiting on God to make a way. Don't run ahead of God. Don't try to make a way for him your way because God's way is always best. And you'll miss out on God's best because even when it looks like nothing is happening, God's already making a way. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God's not working. He's always working to make a way for us, even before we pray. Let's look again at Psalm 121. Look again at the psalm right here that 
we've been studying. Verses three and four. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God never sleeps. He's always working for you, protecting you, directing you, keeping you from going in the wrong direction. God never sleeps, so you can. I love that. God never sleeps, so you can sleep. God never rests, so you can rest. He rested on the seventh day to show us that we needed rest. And so maybe you can't see God working right now to make a way, and you've been trying to help God out. It's like, God, I'm waiting on you. You're not coming through. i got to do something. God, I'm waiting on you. God, why aren't you coming through? God is coming through. You just can't see it. You look up to God, and you keep looking up to God, and you wait for God to make a way because he's already doing it. You just can't see it. And many times, it comes up all of a sudden, but it really didn't happen all of a sudden. God had been doing it and for a long time. And you know what I found? I found that so many miracles that God does in my life when he makes a way is because someone else prayed. And I don't even know about it until later. I, I really believe that everything God does, all the things that God does in our lives to make a way for us, someone somewhere has prayed. It's amazing. Some, if you come to Christ today, I know there's been someone in your life somewhere that's prayed. Maybe it's even a great-grandfather who's already in heaven who was praying for the generations to come. I know one thing, our church is praying for you. We have people right now praying. I have found this out over and over again, and many times I'll never find it out until I get to heaven, but I really believe that's true, that God was already preparing a way. He was using prayers from others to prepare the way and prayers in our lives to make a way. I remember when we were getting ready to start our Atascacita campus. We felt like God had really called us to do this and step out in faith. We started having little meetings with people who lived in Atascacita and telling them about the church. And after one of those meetings, a woman came up to me and she said, Carrie, I'm so grateful y'all are doing this because I'm so grateful you're stepping out in faith to do this because I have a group of ladies, we've been praying for five years every day for Woodland Church to come here to this area. And I said, well, that's why we're here, because we didn't really know. We just knew people needed Jesus, and God started leading us out here, and that's why God's gonna do it. It's always that way. When God makes a way, it's because someone somewhere prayed. So he's already making a way, so don't give up. You keep looking up, and you wait for God to make a way. And then thirdly, look up and get ready for God to make a way because prepare for the blessing. God wants to bless, but you gotta prepare for the blessing. How do you do that? By obeying him. Obedience brings blessing. And so pray. That's obedience. God calls us to pray. If you need a financial breakthrough, if you need God to make a way in your finances, then obey and tithe. Give back the first 10% and in faith, and God will make a way. He promises you that. You see, when you obey, God makes a way. But we want God to make a way, and then we'll obey. It doesn't work that way, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith activates the blessing, and so somehow, some way, God lets us be a part of this, and so when I take a little step of faith, not a blind leap of faith, but a little step of faith, then God opens a door. Obedience is the key. The way you prepare for the blessing and you don't miss it is you just obey whatever God tells you to do. If you're overwhelmed in your schedule right now, 
and you just don't know what to do and you're totally stressed out, then spend time with God first thing in the morning. Five minutes, 10 minutes, reading his word, praying. Put God first, like scripture says, in your time and God will bring it all together. And those priorities will fall into place and he will take care of them. It'd be like your days expanded in time and you get everything done. It's amazing, but obedience paves the way. As we celebrate Black History Month, I keep thinking about Harriet Tubman. I love Harriet Tubman. She was born into slavery on a Maryland plantation in 1822. Harriet's mother told her stories from the Bible when she was a little girl and it just took hold in her heart she developed a deep and real faith in God. And when she was 26, she learned she might be sold away from her family forever. So she made her escape from slavery. She made her way on her own over 90 miles along the Underground Railroad, traveling at night to avoid slave catchers. Traveling at night also so she could look up and follow the North Star. And she reached Pennsylvania and freedom. But then she made this amazing decision she decided she would risk her own freedom, her own life. Over the next eight years, she risked her freedom by leading scores of slaves north to freedom. And during these trips, she relied on God as her true North Star to protect her and to guide her. And everyone she led miraculously made it to freedom. And she always gave all the credit to God, saying, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. I always told him, I trust you. I don't know where to go or what to do, but I expect you to lead me. And he always did. I love that. And we have a North Star, Jesus Christ, that we can look up to and fix our eyes on. And if we fix our eyes on Jesus and not all these other things around us, he will make a way for us. He will guide us to freedom. He will guide us to peace and joy and blessings. And I know, though, there's times when I lose my way. I stop looking at my North Star and I go the wrong direction. I'm looking to something else or I'm looking to myself. God wants us to look to him. He's our North Star. He never changes. Have you lost your way? Have you lost your peace? Have you lost your joy today? Let me just remind you of this. Let's just say that my hand represents our galaxy, the Milky Way. Our solar system, if my hand was the Milky Way, our galaxy, our solar system would be like a little dot on my hand. And our earth, you couldn't make a dot so small to represent earth on my hand. Now, how many of you know what the speed of light is? I think it's 186,000 miles per second. That's really fast, isn't it? I mean, if you could go 186,000 miles per second, you would cover a lot of ground in a second. Now, a light year is traveling 186,000 miles per second for a whole year. A light year is traveling 186,000 miles per second for 365 days. Now, do you know how many light years it is to get from one side of my hand to the other? If my hand was our galaxy, the Milky Way, it's 100,000 light years just to get from one side of our galaxy to the other. That is, you would travel 186,000 miles per second for 100,000 years to go just from one side of the Milky Way to the other. You'd go by so fast you wouldn't even see Earth. You'd go so fast our solar system would just be a blip on the screen. 
and now astronomers estimate there are over 100 billion of these, 100 billion galaxies out there, at least. They don't really know, but that's conservative. God's too big for them to really know. But conservatively, you have 100 billion galaxies just like our Milky Way out there. And we think our problems are too big for God? We have a big God, a great God. We have a God who put the stars in place. We have a God who created the heavens and the earth, and he's just waiting to move heaven and earth for you. And the real reason we lose our way and stop looking up to him is we forget two things. How great and big God is and how much he cares about us. That's what amazes me. He cares about every detail of your life and he wants you to pray. He wants me to connect with him. He wants me to see him work and to build a relationship of love with me. He wants to make a way for you. He wants to make a way for me. So let's stand and let's pray for God to make a way. I don't know what it is that you need God to do in your life, but lift up your eyes and look to him because he's your help. He wants to make a way for you. What is that one thing you need desperately today? And you think, well, it's too small for God. I mean, I think I should be praying about God, give us world peace, or God, you know, do, do some giant thing, you know. Yeah, we should pray for those things, but here's the thing. God cares about you and what you're going through, and if you're worried about it, God cares about it, so you need to pray about it. I want us to do something a little different. I want you, as we pray, would you just open your eyes and look up to God as a symbol that your heart's looking up to God, as a symbol that you're lifting up your eyes because you're depending on God. Let's just do that right now. If you want to stretch your hands out, do that. Just look up to God. What is that need you have? Dear God, we're looking to you. We don't know what to do. You know, we don't know what direction to go, but our eyes are on you, and we know that you'll show us. Lord, we know that you won't let us down because you're always faithful. So we bring our burdens to you. We bring our problems to you. We bring our hurts to you. We bring to you everything we are because we know you're the one that can help. And we ask you to make a way for us. Make a way this week, Lord. But if it's not this week, help us wait on you because you're coming through and you're making a way already. Lord, help us to take that next step of obedience to prepare for you. So we'll be ready when you come through for us, Lord. We look to you. And Lord, I just pray for everyone here who's never received you into their life. They don't know what it's like to have a God so great that, that lives inside them through his Holy Spirit and directs them and guides them. They don't have a love relationship with you. I pray right now in the silence of this moment, they would pray this prayer in their heart. Dear Jesus Christ, I need you. I've looked to myself and everything else, but I want to look to you and ask you to save me, to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life and take me to heaven one day. I accept your free gift of salvation. Now help me grow and direct me and guide me from now on and be the Lord of my life. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, yeah. And now Woodland Church, we're gonna prepare for the blessing, for God to make a way. Let's believe and expect God to make a way this week. And the way you prepare, another way is to praise. Praise always goes before the blessing. And so we're gonna praise him today. And as you sing this song, just remember how big and great your God is, and then remember how much he cares.
He cares about you so much, he wanted to encourage you today through his word. He knows everything about you, and he loves you just the same, and he wants to make a way for you. Don't ever forget how big and great our God is. We can't fathom it. You see, he is greater and bigger than we could ever fathom, and yet he is closer than we could ever imagine. Let's sing this and just thank him, and let's trust him to make a way for us. Do you believe God's gonna make a way for you? He cares about you. Yeah. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.